Okay. You are listening to another edition of the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. This is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. There'll be tales sometimes from the Ragbri Nation. There'll be tales from cycling pretty much all over the globe. So, you know, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, leave with a smile. That's the motto here at the Jesco Bike Podcast. So we've been doing this thing, wow, pretty much 11 months now, it seems. And uh, we're coming up on, on just just about a year. It's been a lot of fun uh, as we're just about to turn the calendar over to 2018. I can't believe we're already in December. Can you believe how time flies, Mark? You know, I think we started recording this weekend because this is our usual trip out to uh, uh, to Denver for a Broncos game. And I, and I remember Bill being in the studio and we were in the studio. So I think right. this is hitting a year of doing this each and every week, which has been really fun. Yeah. Hmm. Funny how time flies. <laughs> so, yeah, we go out for our, our annual meetings with, with Primal and, and a few other folks are, are out there. We we catch a a little fun as well. We have a, a little Bronco outing and uh, we see some good friends. I know we're going to hook up with Chandler Smith, who used to run Ride the Rockies, who's been doing other bike events out there in the Denver area. So a little bit of fun, a little bit of bike talk, uh, a few other people I think we're going to see as well. So looks like a, a fun, um, could be cold, but hey, it's going to be a lot of fun out in Denver. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be cool. Yeah, um, so what's going on in your on your bike calendar as as you head towards the end of the year? Anything uh, interesting? What are you planning for in the in the upcoming months here? Well, Lots well I'm going working on, hard on, yeah, I'm working hard on the uh, expo, the Iowa Bike Expo, which is January 27th at the Iowa Event Center in Des Moines. Um, and Kathy's working really hard on the route announcement party. So those two big events are, are keeping us really busy. Um, the expo should be particularly exciting this year. Um, we just hit 130 vendor spaces last year. Or this year wow. and last year, last year we sold out with 130 vendor spaces. So, I I think we're going to be close to uh, filling the joint. We moved into a new uh, expo hall this year, so uh, I think it's going to be full. So people should start planning that they want to get out to the Iowa Bike Expo if they're shopping for bikes or gear or destinations or events or whatever. It's happening there on uh, on January 27th. Very cool. Well, it's also a big, big time for us. I know we put out the, the route that night. I think people, you know, seem to, seem to enjoy coming out for that. I know the entertainment is going to be fantastic. So I know, you know, your team putting together the events with the, with the expo and the route announcement party and the silent auction. But, you know, that, that night is just such a, a can't miss on your, on your bike calendar and to have the pork tornadoes coming out for, for a little fun and excitement. I think it's going to be a really fun night that, um, I know we get people pretty much what from about 10 or 15 different States mm-hmm. that come in for the, the expo and the red announcement party. So, um, it's not just a bunch of locals. Uh, it's not just the Des Moines cycling club coming over. Not that there's anything wrong with them coming over, but, you know, when you start saying, yeah, I drove in from, from Chicago and, uh, yeah, I flew in from, um, uh, from Pittsburgh to, to come to this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, who comes to, who comes to Des Moines in late January, but, but there's people from pretty much all over that want to see their friends and catch up. And, um, you know, that little winter reunion has become a, an absolute staple on the bike calendar. You know, I think it's, I think this becomes the first overnight town, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's, that's that the first big kickoff where everybody gets to, hmm. um, we get about 12, 1300 people that show up for this event. And, uh, that's pretty cool to, uh, to all gather up, you know, share some drinks, share some food and, and some entertainment. It's, it's really a fun time. It, it amazes me every year, um, how, how much fun that event really is. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah, very, very cool. So some other things that are, are kind of neat when we turn over the bike calendar into 2017 to 2018, 
you'll have an opportunity to register for two of the just fantastic events that'll get you ready for Ragbri Pigtails 2, as well as the Bacoon Ride number five. You know a little bit about those two events, and we're gearing up. The first one for Pigtails was, was fantastic. Rained all day, um, but, you know, lots of people came out, had a great time. And I know we're going to do a repeat one, and that'll happen in May. And then the month, next month, right up Father's Day weekend, we have the return of the Bacoon Ride, number five. So uh, when, when's registration open for those events? You know, we're going to open everything the uh, day before the uh, – uh, Iowa Bike Expo. So that Friday, okay. uh, you should see registration start opening up. I did get, I got my first phone call today. People asking when registration for Bacon is going to happen. So I think, uh, I think people are excited uh, to get that event uh, kicked off again. I'm ready to go ride my bike again. I, I, it's going to be a long winter if uh, if I don't get some bike time. Yeah. Well, the the nice thing with the bikes today, there there is. No bike season. I mean, it's a, it's a continuous year. And if you're, you may not ride your road bike, you know, 12 months a year here in Iowa, but you know, there's a bike for, for every season. So, you know, the winter changes the, you know, the landscape a little bit, get on that fat bike or get on a cross bike or, mm-hmm. or a hybrid or, or whatever. So, um, there's no need to just hang up your bike for the entire winter, um, uh, in this day and age. So I think we see quite a few, fat bikes that come down to the expo don't we each and every year yeah yeah we're gonna have to work on parking this year that's gonna be the the tough part um i'm kind of excited now so this is local to me and uh this is something i'm looking forward to but um icor which is the iowa coalition off-road riders that's kind of the iowa city group for mountain bikers um just opened another three miles of single track Mm-hmm. Um, on the Clear Creek Trail, west of west of Camp Cardinal Road, where we've come in for Ragbri before. Sure. Anyhow, um, it's 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 flat. That that's about six miles total in both those loops there. But uh, what I'm excited about is it's this place is just a blast during the winter. You put a little snow on it, and uh, that uh, that six miles of trail is going to be uh, home for my winter training. Uh, I, I'm really excited about that to be able to get outside, get in the woods. Um, and, and get the fat bike time in. So I'm excited for that one. Very cool. Good. Well, hey, I know we got a lot on our show today. So uh, Murph's got a, another addition. She's just been knocking them out of the park lately. I mean, I, she's on fire. And another edition of Pair Talk <laughs> with AP. So, um, you know, the women are just definitely carrying us through the fall um, and heading us into the holidays. So, um, you know, good job by by Kathy Murphy and Andrea Parrott, uh, always contributing to the success of this show. Yeah, fantastic. I'm having trouble keeping the recorder in the office. She's like, oh, I need it this week. I need it tomorrow. Adam. That's okay. We, we like the content on this show. Oh, good. Okay, well, let's get to it. Well, hello, Jesco Bike Podcast listeners. This is Kathy Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. Today I'm going to do something a little different. You're going to be hearing from fellow bikers from across the state answering my survey about great places and events to experience a bike. Well, let's get started. Well, our first guest here, well, I'll let you tell me your full name and your hometown. Hi, Murph. Well, I'm Kim Smith, and I grew up in Wilton, Iowa, but my biking got started when I moved to Cedar Rapids, where I'm originally... I'm pretty sure Wilton, Iowa hosted Ragbri recently. They did, about three years ago. Yeah, I remember going through there. and yes. They had some sort of cutout where I put my face and I became a Wilton beaver. I'll bet that was exactly <laughs> it. Well, Kim, uh, give the listeners the name of a great place to ride your bike in Iowa or maybe an event. You know what? I love to go up to the High Trestle Trail. Oh, yes. Usually, about once a year, a bunch of friends, we start down in Ankeny, we take the trail all the way up to Woodward. Yes. All of the places are so nice, and there's so much fun to stop at. We will camp up in Woodward, 
and then do the entire ride back down. Oh, nice. So you make it a weekend event. A weekend event. And it's so much fun to see the High Trestle Trail during the day, but it's even better to see it all lit up at night. Why? It's just amazing to see all the lights. So you're saying the actual bridge itself is lit up? It is. Ah. It is. It is. The best selfie place ever. (laughs) So I know during the day when you are at the High Trestle Bridge, we're talking, I think it's like 13 stories down. I mean, you're, even with a parachute, you're probably it not going to, it's not going to end well if you jump off of no, it. No, don't jump. Just keep pedaling. So at night, they have, uh, is it, it's kind of like artwork that they've put on the bridge that they light up at night. Correct. Nice. Correct. So Very you nice. need to see it in the daytime, mm-hmm. and you also need to see it at night. Okay. And are there other stops along the way from Ankeny to Woodward? There are several stops um, just that are right on the trail. You don't have to get more than a block off the trail that are very welcoming and always a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, and bike-friendly. And very bike-friendly. Everyone's bike-friendly on the trail. Yes, it's flat, which is my favorite part (laughs) after the bridge. Very nice. I have been, actually, I've been on that ride with you. Yes. I've also been to the High Trestle trail bridge many times and i can tell you it never disappoints it's amazing no every year and every year it's always different people so it's always a different ride oh yeah i can agree with that yeah well i think since it's you kim and you've been on this ride with me i want to bring up what my favorite ride is in iowa i know it's called the pigtails ride i was there i know you were there so it happens in May, uh, it starts and ends in Ankeny, and it's geared specifically towards women. It is. So last year was our inaugural ride, and we had so much fun. We did. I think we were the only people that were wearing purple wigs. I think so, but yeah. that made it even better. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that people who did this ride maybe remembered us, you know, the two purple wig girls. and But this, this ride is along the High Trestle Trail. I think it was about maybe 45 to 50 miles. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was an all-day event, so you could take your time to do this event. Huge breakfast at Jethro's in Ankeny, which was amazing. I'm a vegetarian, but I'm telling you, I was still stuffed by the end of this. And if you're a drinker, they had great Bloody Marys, mimosas, all that kind of stuff. But all along the way, there were uh, snack stops. There were amazing cookies at the Flat Tire yes, Lounge. Remember were. those? Yes. They had like pig butts. Yeah. Pig. <laughs> I think I had about four. I was going to say, I think I had more than I want to admit. They had live music along the way. And of course, um, the destination is the High Trestle Bridge. Bridge. Which you just talked about yep. as one of your favorite destinations. So you end up at the bridge. Um, we have a professional photographer waiting for us that took photographs of us. And then on the way back, we end up, we go through Sheldahl, we go through Slater, we go through Madrid. Um, I'm doing that backwards. But then we end up back in Ankeny at Jethro's. Oh, my gosh. It's just amazing. I love that ride. It's my favorite ride. To me, the best part of that ride was everybody was at a different speed. Yeah. There were brand new people, and there were very experienced people. Yeah. And the nice thing is it was all women. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, you can come along and cheer us. But yeah. the fact that it was all women meant that people, women who don't normally ride their bikes, could join that ride and feel okay. Comfortable. And let me tell you, this last year, it was raining, it was cold, and we still had like 600 people show up for this ride. It was awesome. Yeah. Those wigs came in handy to keep us warm. They did keep us warm, yeah. (laughs) And we were in so many photographs. I'm sure that they're all over Facebook, so... Anyway, Kim, thank you for sharing your experience. You're welcome. Let's see who wants to uh, tell us a little bit more about their favorite place to ride in Iowa. All right, we've got some new guests with us. Go ahead and tell me we've got two people with us. So tell me your name and where you guys are from, your hometown. I'm Steve Anderson. Uh, My hometown growing up is Austin, Minnesota. My name is Dana Anderson, and I grew up in Kelso, Washington. Washington, the state? Yes. Nice, beautiful place. So you guys, you have a unique story, but what I'm trying to find out is a great place to ride your bike in Iowa. 
Well, the great story starts, first of all, I, I've ridden Reg Ride at least 30 years. Oh, my gosh. My first year was 2000, uh, Reg Ride 9. Um, in 2001, I met Dana. Uh-oh. As in Dana that's sitting right here with yes. us. Yes. Okay, let's, let's hear the story. Well, so we were standing in a breakfast burrito line, <laughs> Mama Raphael's. Um, unfortunately, Raphael uh, passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dana was standing there, and she looked at me, and she goes, oh, this line's too long. And I had to say, well, it's rag bright. What else do you got to do? All lines are this long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I ended up, I think I bought her her burrito, and we rode for a couple hours. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of uh, hit it off. So one year later, on rag bright, the same day, in Mama Raphael's breakfast burrito line, we got married. What? Yes. Oh, my with, goodness. With a couple thousand people in attendance. Oh, my goodness. Wait, did I see this, like, in a, in the newspaper or maybe yes. online? Front page on Thursday. Oh, my goodness. We got married uh, exactly one year from the day we met in the same vendor's line. He made arrangements with the farmer and put all his kids to work. And uh, Steve made a little website and invited all his friends and teams to come. <laughs> so we had Team Tutu, the whole team show up as our flower girls. Oh my goodness. Men and women throwing roses as we walked. And we had uh, Fat Charms Army as our bodyguards, but they didn't show up because <laughs> it was early. It was too early for yes. them? Yeah. The, the uh, Justice of the Peace that married us was wearing a t-shirt. Have gavel, will travel. <laughs> and he would marry anybody for free on Rag Bride. Oh my goodness, that is a great story. How and long ago was that? It's 2003. Oh my goodness. And then he had another friend show up that was a, prof- a professor and a professional horn player in the Boston Symphony. And he played at our wedding this beautiful music. We, we had no clue he was going to show up. He just showed up and played. And it was amazing. And then the Bud Bus put on a wedding reception for us. Oh my gosh, this is great. So, so getting to where to ride in Iowa. Yeah. The, and actually, it's before Rag Bright, riding out to the beginning. We've done it uh, multiple years, uh, self-contained, uh, known as beggars. So what you're saying is riding... Pedaling your bike out to the start of Rag is That's as, what you're calling is as it. as much fun as Rag Bride. Oh, yeah. Yes. So starting out, the two of us along the way, picking up other people, going around a corner on a trail, and all of a sudden there's 50 people. Right. Stopping at a town, and there's 300 people. It's it's very unique. It's at least as much fun as Rag Bride. And when you say bagging, what exactly does that mean? That means carrying everything. Totally self-contained. Yes. So that means you don't have a bus with all your gear on a tote. You have your You don't have tent. the rag bride vehicle carrying Everybody stuff. does it differently. Some guys just sleep on a picnic bench with a sheet. Oh, my goodness. And they just always have some cover in some pavilion. But we always have a, like a hiking tent, sleeping bags, coffee. Got to have coffee. I'm from Washington. <laughs> right. So your clothes and stuff are in your bike, too? Correct. You bring a couple outfits and mail things home. Wow. That is an awesome story. So you bag out to Ragbri, right? Correct. And then you meet up with all these other people. How do you know you're going to meet up with them? Well, you go around a corner and you know people. It's, you do it long enough. Um, there are various teams we've ridden with. Um, during the, the week of Ragbri, we usually hook up with a, a team. Um, way back when it was uh, Team Voodoo. Oh, we've yeah, ridden, I remember them. We've ridden with uh, multiple other ones, the Lizard Kings, uh, several other groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, the out of state bus, um, done it many, taking the Greyhound bus to get here. Oh, wow. Driven to get here. We've flown to get here. And, and then it's fun sometimes when you get tired of the masses to ride ahead a day. 
<laughs> I can imagine. Front. I bet you every bar and restaurant, they're like so giddy about Ragbri coming. I bet you they treat you all royalty. excited and ready for Ragbri, and they're sitting around relaxing. So you show up like a couple heroes. Sure. You get a break on the high prices. So then, are you guys the ones that tell them, hey, here's what's coming? It's not five people, it's 10,000 people. Some of them realize what's coming. (laughs) Some of them have no idea. Yeah. And some days on Rag Ray, there's 20,000 people. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm lucky enough to do the pre-ride. So I'm on, sometimes on the front side where, you know, some people are ready. Some people have absolutely no idea what they're in for. So, oh, that's a great story. So you guys, when you do Rag Ray, what would you say is your favorite pie? Do you have a favorite? Pie? I don't do pie. Okay. I do pork chops. Oh my gosh! You can't beat a pork chop. <laughs> I had not eaten a pork chop for ten years <gasps> when I did rag bry. Yeah. Finally, by the third day, Mr. Pork Chop bless his heart, <laughs> enticed me over for an Iowa pork chop. And you said so. yes. Yes. And I, when we met, actually, he noticed my bike before he noticed me. <laughs> I had a. Far nicer bicycle than him. Which all bicyclists notice bikes before humans, right? And I wore a skirt before other women wore skirts. <laughs> oh, very good, yeah. Um, and uh, I thought he noticed my skirt, but it was my bike. I had a really good bike. <laughs> so, Steve, how about you? Do you have a favorite pie? Um, I like most pies. Right. Um, no banana cream, though. Oh, well, banana cream, it would be have to be chilled, right? So oh. hopefully you would not a- see apple that Apple pie, rag, rag. pecan oh, yeah. pie. Oh, yeah. Pie. Yeah, that's my Any two pie. favorites. Great. Well, thank you guys for sharing your story. And it's so cool that you met on Ragbri and married on Ragbri. And hopefully you still do Ragbri occasionally. We haven't missed. I missed one year since I met him. Okay, but since then you rarely miss it. No. That's a great story. A- well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thanks, Kathy. Fifteen years later. Woohoo! All right, we've got another guest with us. Go ahead and give me your full name and your hometown. Uh, my name is Jason Kepnick, and my hometown is Austin, Texas. Oh, I love Austin, Texas. It's an awesome town. I've got a brother that lives there, and let me tell you, I love going there to visit. Although I've never been on a bicycle in Austin, Texas. No way. You are missing out. I know. It's terrible. Yeah. There's lots of roads and lots of hills. So many hills. Where he lives, it's all hills. So, yeah, maybe that's why I don't go there on my bike. Anyway, Jason, give us a great place to ride your bike in Iowa, maybe an event or a location. Uh, one of my favorite rides, it's a it's an annual event that we do actually in, in preparation for getting ready for Ragbri. Okay. It's the Bohemian Alps ride. It's actually a 72-mile ride. Okay. It starts out in Atkins, Iowa. And from Atkins, Iowa, we head, we head west through the towns of New Hall, uh, Van Horn, make a little pit stop there, get some refreshment, heading it off into Keystone. It's a nice warm-up, 24 miles. First section of the ride is very flat. Um, seems like the wind's always at your back, even though you're headed west there. So <laughs> it's kind of a nice thing in the morning, especially when you're when you're getting ready. Sure. Um, once we roll on into Elberon, we'll stop at an old gas station. The owner's usually there trying to fix cars, and uh, and the way his uh, gas station works is there's an old refrigerator in the in the lobby there. You uh, want something to drink? He's usually got bottles of water in there. You open up the fridge, grab what you want, and throw 50 cents for every bottle in the can oh, next nice. to it. What town is that? Uh, that's in Elber. It's in uh, Elberon. Oh, very cool. Elberon. So we stop at the old gas station there. We're always kind of making fun. He's got one of the old pumps, and uh, he usually writes the two or the one or the three for the gallon of gas in the front. And it's <laughs> it's actually manually written there. It's so oh, old of a gas station. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. You fill up there on water. We'll take a little break there. Um, and then from there, we'll kind of head south through through Venning. And we start picking up the hills from there. Um, the the fun thing about Venning is you roll through town. And the uh, speed limit through town is 25 miles an hour. But if you're full on your brakes, good luck staying under it. <laughs> uh, from there, we'll continue to do some more hills. Um, one of the nice things there is you... You come on there and you come out to a flat spot and there's a hill off of the distance and you can see it. And it's so several, you know it's coming. You know it's coming. Oh, it's several God. miles away. Good flat road in front of it, but it's just playing with your mind the whole time. Oh, man. You see it. You know you got to climb it. You know there's no way out of it. But at the end of the day, you get up that thing and you get going and, and you find your groove, your happy groove, as I like sure. to call it. Sure. And you make your way up there and, and through it. Uh, we'll, we'll cross Highway 30. 
Um, and then from there, we'll, we'll head south and then we'll turn east and then head on into Belle Plaine. Usually we'll have some lunch in Belle Plaine. And it's funny, the lunch conversation always talks about, first of all, the speed limit that we just broke, and then also all the Bohemian Alps that we just rode through and how, how hard they were and how much climbing we did and that kind of thing. Um, and you, you think the worst is behind you on this little ride. But in reality, no. It's just ahead of you? It's just ahead oh, of you. Oh, man. So you're <laughs> supposed to do that at the front end, not at the you, back you would end. Think, you would think that's kind of <laughs> how that should work. But the reality of it is, is once you start heading back to the start point, it's a lot of rolling hills. So what you had earlier in the day was a lot of long climbs. Sure. Now what you got is a lot of rollers. So you roll from one to the other. But I was known for the rollers. I was known for the rollers. Yes. So it gets you going. You try to pick up as much speed as you can, get as far up as you can, drop, work your way through those gears, or I should say down through those gears. <laughs> yeah. And um, so from there, it's nice. A uh, lot of rollers. They keep you going. You, there's no real time to take a pause because you just go from one to the other. They're not all the same height. Um, so that there's a little bit of that. We'll move through Luzerne, we'll move through Blairstown, and then once we get there, we usually head back north into Van Horn. And the odd part about this route is when we originally started the ride, we stopped at the gas station at Van Horn. Okay. So we're going to stop at the same gas station in the afternoon, and we always buy a gallon of chocolate milk and split it. Oh, man. Chocolate milk is the best on a bike ride. It, it is. is. It's the best. You know, I mean, you're really thinking after all these miles, I really, I really want something else, but that chocolate milk no, just it, hits the spot. It's yeah, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, so from there, we head back across the flats and we head back to Atkins, Iowa, and and usually by this time you've got 72 miles on, maybe 73 miles on, and you're thinking, golly, if I only had like 28 more miles, oh, to get your, century. I could make a century yes. ride. So almost inevitably, what happens is we come back to Cedar Rapids, find a place to park. Regroup. Gets on their bike we'll again. ride on our bike all the way out to Ely. We've been there a hundred times. We know the route out and back. And if you ride out to Ely and you ride all the way back, then you got your century for the day. Oh, nice. So, so not only did you get all the hills in, but my favorite thing is we do this a couple of weeks before Ragbrae starts. It really makes you very familiar with how to use your gears in preparation for climbing a hill and getting ready and sort of that anticipation so you don't get halfway up the hill and realize, yep, I'm in the wrong gear. This is not going to work. Right, right. Yeah. And how do you know that? Do you sense it? Do you just start There's so many. There's so many hills that after a while, you, you just kind of, if you forgot, you relearn. Right. If you know it, right. it's a good time to practice. Right. It's hard for, some people don't know their gears, but literally if you're going up a hill and it's super hard for you to pedal, you're in the wrong gear. You're up in the wrong gear. Yeah. And, and part of it, too, is really that anticipation of saying, yeah, I might start out in a high gear because I got a lot of speed, but learning when to go down one and another and another and just work your way sure. lower and lower and lower until you find that happy gear where you can climb that hill all the way to the top sure. and then take a breather. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of learning in that. You wouldn't think it would be that hard, but when you do it so many times, you can figure out, you know when you did it wrong. Right. And, and you know when you've done it right. And gears can be your friend. They Especially are. on a long bike ride. They if are. If you have gears, I'm telling you, you can make the ride much more pleasurable. Yeah. yeah. Especially trying to figure out that front gear. Do I start it up in the high <laughs> gear or do I start it in the low gear? What am I really getting myself into here? Definitely. Yeah. Now, is this bike ride something that everyone in the world could come to if they wanted to? Or is it just private for you? Nope. Um, it's uh, it's put on by the Rhinos. They welcome anybody and everybody to join. It's always It always starts in Atkins. Nice. Um, it's Like I say, it's 72 miles, so we already kind of start our ways a little way out of Cedar Rapids to get going. Sure. And, and you think about it, a lot of the rides that are focused around the Cedar Rapids area, we have some pretty common starting points. So at this time of the season, you're getting ready for Ragbri. It's nice to kind of have a different place to start from. Yeah. And Atkins provides a great place for that. There's plenty of parking in town. There's a gas station there uh, and everything to get you ready. And a lot of great Iowa towns that you go through. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Multiple Iowa towns. Multiple Iowa through. towns. And uh, over the years, Bell Plains always been the lunch spot. And over the years, we kind of get there and we go, okay, where do you guys want to go today, you know, for our lunch spot? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that you've done Ragbri a few times. Yep. What would you say your favorite pie is? Favorite pie? Uh, it's still got to be the pecan. Pecan pie? Oh, I'm a Texas guy. I oh, grew up yeah. in the South. Yeah, it's hard guy. to get a good pecan pie. Do you say pecan or pecan? Pecan. You do? Pecan pie. All right. Yeah. That's what the Texas guys say. That's what we say. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you, Jason, for being on the podcast. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Okay, our next guest is here. Give us your full name and your hometown. Hi, my name is Erin Weber, and I'm from Marion, Iowa. Marion, Iowa. Yay! Yay. I'm a Linmar Lion grad. Me too. You are? Yes. Okay, probably not the same year. (laughs) No. I'm much... Okay, we won't even get into that. So, Erin, give me an idea of your... uh, What you think is a great place to ride your bike in Iowa, an event, or maybe in a location. Obviously, I love riding my bike in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, but if I have to get out of Cedar Rapids, I love doing the Baycoon ride last year. the Baycoon ride, yeah. Yeah, it was very fun. I really enjoyed that ride, going through a lot of small towns and seeing different things, Um, and then obviously Rag Rye as well. Oh, yeah. So the Baycoon ride, for people that maybe have never heard of it, it's like, I think, gosh, I think it's like a 70-mile loop, and every... I think it's every 10 miles you end up in a town and there's some sort of bacon theme. And here's something that probably nobody knows is that you and I are both vegetarians. Yes. But we love, I've been on the Baycoon ride, what, I think it three or four so years. It is so amazing. It is so fun. Yeah. So I do know one stop has like bacon donuts, but they don't put the bacon on. We until, just pick the bacon off. Yeah. Or they don't put the bacon on until they hand it to you. So you can yeah. be like, ah, what, save the bacon. Yeah. So yeah, there's so many other fun things to do. So what would you say, like, do you enjoy biking or is it the atmosphere that happens when you get into the towns? Um, I like both. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy like meeting people in different uh, towns and seeing all the different sites of Iowa. Um, but I also love absolutely like biking on different trails and seeing all the different things that like different towns have to offer. So, and that trail on the bacon ride is super flat. It's beautiful. It is wonderful. The scenery is amazing. There's like, you know, if you're not from Iowa to be able to see farm fields from wherever you go, is amazing and then you come around a corner and then you're in like some sort of small town Iowa there's barns everywhere and you end up you know in the like the uh, town square and you'll like hang out there and probably find well knowing you you'll probably find the bar and (laughs) yeah go have a bacon what would you call that Mm. that would be a bloody mary with bacon yeah bloody mary but you would just without the bacon miss out the bacon yeah (laughs) yeah and what was the other place that you love to do um, I like doing the Root River Trail up in oh, yeah. Lanesboro, up in, um, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, in Minnesota, yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about that. Um, it's just a lot of small towns who are very, like, dedicated to this trail that goes through all of them. And it's um, beautiful because it goes right along the river and you can camp and um, there's hotels along the way as well. But it's it's a lot of fun yeah what would you say your biking style is for that are you touring are you racing are you what kind of bike do you have um I mean I rode a road bike but I also have a touring bike but you can camp you can go to a hotel you can go out and back in a day different directions um, but you can also like um, take all of your gear and take a touring style and then also camp and then bike back the next day oh nice so. and that's called the Root River Trail the Root River Trail um Lane is where we usually oh, go yeah. and we stay there. I'm pretty sure if I've seen the map for Root River, you launch from one place and you can go up and back or over and back or down and back. Yeah, there's a couple different options. I know that there's like the big barn that a lot of people stay at and then they and can it, I go think it's like called the, the barn. The barn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they have a pool. Uh, so that was fun. We went there one time and um yeah, so we can go all different directions from there. So it's really fun. Yeah, I would highly recommend doing the Root River Trail. That's pretty cool, yeah. So, all right, Erin, have you ever done Rag Rye? Yes. Many times? Uh, this was my sixth year Holy this year. Holy cow, okay. Yes. All right. So what would you say is your favorite pie? Um, I don't have a favorite pie. What? Um, I like all the pies. All the but, pies. But <laughs> um, I absolutely love apple pie shots. Oh, oh my God, even better, right? Because usually my group is a little far behind on the okay. trail, and we usually um, miss out on a lot of the pie. But so the pies are gone, but you can find an apple pie shot. And there's some pies that are left over. <laughs> usually, if if I have a pie, it's a rhubarb. I like rhubarb oh, pie. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And usually that's going to be homemade because you know yeah. rhubarb yeah. grows. It's wonderful in everyone's yard. So sweet. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thank you, Erin, for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, listeners, that wraps up my survey with uh, various 
bicyclists. I leave you with a quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Sanders' rumination. Life is a game, the object of which is discover the object of the game. Think about it. This is Andrea, and today we're talking parrots. No, actually, we're just going to do a parrot talk, and we're going to talk about bicycles. Because, um, you know, that's what we do around here. So today, I was looking at the internet, and I saw an article on bicycle adventures called Top 12 Cycling Trends for 2017. So basically, it's an article predicting what's going to be hot and cool in 2017. So as it's now December, I thought it'd be fun to kind of look back and see, you know, if those predictions came true. So, to start off with, uh, prediction number one, hydraulic brakes will become the norm, both for specialty and even mainstream bikes. Um, did this come true? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I didn't buy a new bike this year, honestly, so I'm not totally sure, but I sure saw plenty of bikes at Interbike that did not have disc brakes. Uh, my impression was that disc brakes, while they are awesome and cool, um, are not totally perfected yet in that they warp pretty easily. Um, now, this would be something that would be great to ask your friendly neighborhood bike shop about because they have more knowledge, specific knowledge than me as I'm obviously not uh, a gear person. Uh, but uh, go on over to Bikes to You and ask Coop about it or head over to Shields or what have you. Um, so bike bre- disc brakes are cool. Um, I don't think they are on 100% of bikes that are being made these days. Um, you know, I don't know if that one necessarily came through. I want to give that one a B minus for accuracy. Okay, number two, wider tires are popping up everywhere, even on road bikes. Um, that one's even. That's pretty vague. Um, wider tires are popping up everywhere, um, and I would say that's mainly due to the cyclocross and gravel movements becoming more and more popular. Plus a wider tire is a more comfortable ride. At least that's my opinion. Um, Similar to a mountain bike where you could go over more obstacles uh, more gently. So I give that one an A. Grade an A. Um, Don't be surprised to see tires pushing the envelope with three and three and a half inch widths. Woo, just shy of the fat tire range. I mean, if you're going to go that wide, get a fat tire bike. (laughs) Come on. Although I have seen quite a few like skinny fats um, around, which is kind of cool. All right. So number three, the gravel grinder is no longer a niche bike, but an increasingly increasingly popular mainstream choice. Well, yeah, that's kind of what number two was saying. Um, You know, gravel bikes and cross bikes, which is what I would call them, are popular. Again, because um, they give you the features of a road bike being light but are on the light end of things, um, but they are more comfortable all around bike. I would say that's the ideal commuting bike. Um, if you don't have a lot of cargo to carry with you, um, they're just kind of fun, especially for people who just can't get enough bikes. It's a new one for you. Oh, I'll give that one a A minus just because they keep calling it a gravel grinder bike instead of a, a cross bike. All right. Number four, carbon frames are for everyone except the most budget-conscious rider. Um, dude, I'm giving that one a B- minus because aren't we all budget-conscious riders? I mean, come on. Like, give me a break. Carbon frames can be pretty expensive, um, but they are awesome and light. Um, I'll give you that. Um, and durable. Um, although, so is my... My aluminum frame is awesome and light, although... Technically, aluminum frames are known for not being durable, although my bike is now 17 years old and has no problems. So it just kind of depends on the bike. Um, but carbon frames are cool, and you have to admit that. Um, and they do give a nice a nice ride as far as, like, being... Um, they're powerful, but they're also, like, kind of flexible in certain ways. Like, they can construct it specifically to be flexible and a comfortable ride. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but you know, you gotta admit they're cool. So yeah. All right. Number five, e-bikes are taking off across the board. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I give that an A. 
Um, e-bikes are everywhere at all the bike shows that we've been going to, uh, aka Interbike. Um, and it says that they sales figures have um, gone up 50% on e-bikes, which is kind of cool. Um, and I would guess that that's among the um, the more the senior population or like, you know, people who need an assist with their bikes. Um, not too many of my friends have got e-bikes yet, although I sure want one. Um, although I would get an e-cargo bike so that I could carry more on my bike. Um, not necessarily because I care to wimp out as a cyclist. So just make that point clear. Um, they're just fun though. You know, they're not so powerful that you feel like you're riding a motorcycle and that the danger factor significantly increases, but they are, the fun factor definitely increases. Um, so yeah, Yeah, I'd say e-bikes are getting more and more popular. Um, how do you tell if someone's riding an e-bike? Obviously... I don't know if I've seen one that's been secretive or not, like the alleged ones on the Tour de France or whatever. But, like, um, usually they have a giant battery where the water bottle cages go. You know, that, that'll dip you right off. Um, so, you know, keep your eyes open. I think you'll see more than you thought, especially when someone is zooming past you unexpectedly. The only thing about I have against e-bikes is that they don't have a lot of range um, if you go up to the more fun speeds. So, okay, number six, expect to see suspension on road bikes for improved riding. I have never seen suspension on a road bike. Um, and now that it's the end of 2017, I give that one an F because I've never freaking seen it. Does it maybe exist? You sure. But it said expect to see suspension, and I have not seen suspension on a road bike. Um, could I see it making sense? Maybe. Um, it just seems like adding weight for no purpose. Um I guess I've seen suspension on a seat post, but it just gives you a really weird feeling. Like it's kind of like being on a waterbed. Like you're moving when you really feel like you shouldn't be moving. I don't know. All right. Number seven, there's a gear shifting revolution afoot with 12 X systems. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, but so again, you might want to ask a bike shop about that one. Um, but reading the paragraph, the gist of it is that um, they will know there'll be only one gear in the front gears and it'll all be in the back. So front derailleurs are di- all but disappearing from everything. And your gears will all be in the back. I mean, I'm just going to give that one a did not finish <laughs> DNF on that one because I have no clue. Um, but I've seen a fix- fixie bike before. And I, my dad has bikes that only have gears in the back. There's just one cog in the front. And there's like three or four in the back. So you can shift that way. Um, more for fun than any specific purpose. Um, so, (laughs) okay. Stump me on that one. Okay. Number eight, smart bikes and bike integration is the next big thing. You know what? I'm going to give that one, um, a B solid B because number one, I've seen all sorts of smart bike, like apps for your phone. I've never seen a bike with wireless capability for any reason. Um, Power meter sensors to help you find the best aerodynamic position. Um, fingerprint sensors, for whatever reason. GPS system media center. Now, I would love to have a bike with a built-in speaker. That would be the bomb. Um, but, you know, I kind of... Smart bikes, A, it seems like something will go wrong with your bike. Like, what if your electronic systems on your bike get outdated and you can't freaking use it anymore? And you have this cool high-priced bike and it's the technology in the electronic system is outdated. It would have to be replaceable somehow. Like swap it in and out so that you could stay up with the times. Like my bike is almost two decades old. I want it to be current. You know, I want to still be able to, if the bike is functional, I want to be able to use it like mechanically functional. Also, I am a little uncomfortable about my bike getting hacked. You know, the internet of things is really cool, but it just leaves you wide open for your bike to get hacked. I don't know exactly how that would, you know, I could see it being bad if someone hacked into your bike's GPS system and they can tell exactly where you are while you're biking and they'll know you're out of the house and then you get freaking robbed. Um, that wouldn't be cool. So there'd have to be some sort of security major in place. Um, uh, obviously I don't know any, any specifics about that, but it just seems kind of dangerous. Um, okay. Direct to consumer bike sales and mobile mechanic delivery will change the way people buy and assemble their bikes. 
Um, this concept is kind of cool. I've seen, I've heard of it. Um, I don't remember what company does it. The one that they mention is Eddie Merckx that does it in a company called Bellofix in Canada, where they basically have a big truck and they will drive the bike right to you and either do repairs or sell you a new one um, right out of the back of the truck. You know, that's kind of cool. I don't know if it's necessarily that appealing to me in a Midwestern town where I can easily drive to any bike shop um, and have basically the same experience. Maybe if I lived in a big city, I don't know how if I'd feel differently. Um, I give that one a B. I've never heard it. It could be cool for people who have trouble accessing a local bike shop. Um, and it would be cool if someone freaking just came over and fixed my bike for me. That'd be awesome. Um, but I don't necessarily want to pay for that convenience. I'll either fix it myself or take it to my bike shop. Um, so, I don't know. There you go. Um, 10. Wireless electronic shifting is winning over fans in a big way. Um, I'm going to give that one... I give that one a B plus because I have seen more and more electronic shifting as time has gone on. Um, is it necessary? No. Does it kind of complicate something that was already beautifully simple? Yes. Um, is it everywhere? Not necessarily, but it, you have to admit, I don't know if you've ever used an electronic shifting bike before. It is pretty cool when you, you can shift really quickly and it goes, and it's kind of this cool, like, uh, Terminator kind of vibe. So, you know, it does have the cool factor. Um, am I going to switch out all my bikes to electronic shifting? No. Um, number 11. Sock doping is really a thing even for men. What the heck? Sock doping is allegedly wearing cool bright socks everywhere. Um, according to this article. Let me tell you, bikers have been wearing cool bright colored socks since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of biking. Um, so I'm giving that one um, A plus because I love cool socks. But really that's not a trend for 2017. That's a trend for biking since biking has begun. I mean just because it's bikers love to wear loud bright things for many reasons. And socks have always been a part of that. But anyway. So okay finally number 12. Um, you will see more manufacturing manufacturers offering custom options to create a bike that's uniquely you um yeah i've seen things online where you can customize the color of your bike down to your handlebar tape down to the detailing um and i think that's kind of freaking sweet although you have always been able to do that um so i guess i will give that uh my arbitrary rating of um a minus because it's freaking cool the minus is for you can always, you've always kind of been able to do that. But I think that this refers to the fact that you can now do it online and preview, preview your bike before it even arrives at the bike shop, um, which is kind of fun and, you know, makes you feel like your bike is more you. Um, but like my bike has stickers on it that custom decals on it. Um, both my bike, two of my bikes have that, that I've done myself after I've received the bike. Um, so Anyway, so that was kind of fun looking back at what they thought were going to be trends and what actually were trends. Um, so what have you noticed in the world of biking over 2017? Have you noticed anything cool or something that you think is stupid or anything you'd really like to talk about? Um, leave a comment on our Facebook, Twitter, our Instagram page, or you can always tweet at me at ragbri underscore Andrea. Love to hear from you. Um, if you have anything you'd want me to talk about for Parrot Talk... Um, you can email us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, my boss, TJ, is out on the road right now as we speak, um, deciding what the 2018 Ragbri route is going to be. And no, I don't know where he is. Um, he's in Iowa somewhere. So that's kind of cool. Um, I'd love to hear your speculations on the route. Um, I don't have any ideas, although I always vote for Des Moines and Coralville, my two hometowns. Um, although I doubt... Corville happened pretty recently. So I don't know. Anyway, love to hear what your thoughts are on the Ragbri route. Um, bike trends, your favorite kind of parrot, whatever you want to talk about. Um, have a great day. Rock.
we've reached the end of another Just Go Bike podcast. TJ, who's this? Uh, who's bringing this to us this week? Well, we've got a couple of great sponsors each and every week that bring us the Just Go Bike podcast. Bikes to You, Bike Shop, and Ragbri Charter out of Grinnell, Iowa. Craig and April Cooper run Bikes to You and, and great mechanics over there as well. We also have the Iowa City Corville Convention Visitor Bureau, and it's Think Iowa City. They're also go by, but uh, Josh Schomberger and the group there bring great cycling events and other events into the area, as well as host you know big time events such as the UCI World Cup of Cyclocross. So great to have those those folks with us. And then last but not least, our friends at Primal Wear out of Denver, Colorado. If you're looking for some great cycling apparel, custom apparel, look no farther than primal wear we're gonna see dave and tim and the gang party pat a few others uh this weekend they'll also be in town for the iowa bike expo so always good to see our friends at primal so looking forward to them thank you for sponsoring each and every week the just go bike podcast you can find our show notes at just what do you want to talk about on this show find us on twitter facebook instagram all at just go bike be sure to subscribe to the Just Go Bike podcast and join us next week for more. All right, on the way out, I, I got a quote this week, T. Um, yeah. This this one's from Hugh Perriman, uh, spoke at Design Week, and he said, truly, the bicycle is the most influential piece of product design ever. I could buy mm. that. Sounds good. All right. right. Thank you, Hugh, for that little piece of enlightenment. And uh, I'll I'll take that in mind as as we go out for a ride in the very near future. So, all right. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. And we will catch you next week with another thrilling edition of the Jisco Bike Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.